final segment of the show here. Thank you for joining us today. Countdown to kickoff. Judah Newby, Neil Lomax comes your way here at 9 o'clock, getting you ready for the big-time college matchup today, Portland State and Oregon. Storied rivals here in the Pacific Northwest. Civil War be damned. <laughs> joining us in studio now are the two gentlemen on Countdown to Kickoff, Neil Lomax, Judah Newby. Guys, w- w- big show today for you guys. What do you have coming up? Huge show. Yeah. Huge show, Fergus. Kent, what's up? Good to see you guys. Great to see you as well, too, this morning. Are you a coffee guy in the morning? A venti coffee a venti. guy. A venti. Do you put anything in your coffee, or do you take it straight? Mostly straight, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like five, days, five days a week, it's straight coffee. Two days a week, maybe a little bit of cream, uh, d- depending on how much I need to get done today, how yeah. much energy I need to have. I, I got to take mine into the closet and dress it, so I usually put a little <laughs> bit of stevia and usually some almond milk in Ooh. there actually yeah i'm one of those guys i've got a lot to learn from you nutritionalist ah, yeah we'll see we'll you know see. the key for me is to have enough energy in my coffee so i can keep up with my co-host neil lomax <laughs> who has all the energy in the world 24 7 see i feel like coffee drinks neil lomax to get going in the morning so are you gonna ask me what my what do you do see? Yeah. i'm not just gonna stand here no, you don't seem like a coffee drinker because well, you have so not, much natural energy it's not coffee when you go you i think three quarters coke i'm a coconut milk latte coconut oh, milk oh, latte yeah. okay and almonds okay i like that yeah yeah. Stevie and all, I don't, you know, okay, it's the sugar right. thing. No, that is my, I love it. That foam, you get that mm. coconut milk or almond milk. I, I hear it's semi-healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, can you help me with, with some protein? So, do you want the, well, do you want the honest you're truth kinda, about you're coconut? You're kind of a true athlete that still uh, okay. works out. The so truth about coconut. Coconut has been really hyped up, and I love this is the direction we're going. <laughs> right out of the gate. You know, some, co- like college football teams, <laughs> they get hyped up before the season comes out. Same thing with coconut. I would advise people to check the saturated fat on all coconut products. Read That's a the bad fat, as yep. we like to call it, yep. solid at room temperature. So coconut, even though it gets praised for a lot of stuff, use coconut oil, a lot of saturated fat. In so coconut. I have bacon and avocado with it. So yes. there's your good fat. Well, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, bacon, bacon surprisingly, doesn't have that much bad fat. Right. Bacon, A strip That's of bacon what? maybe has one gram of I'm saturated fat, whereas if you go with a serving of coconut oil, you're looking five, six, seven grams of saturated fat. Potentially. So now we're going to go right to our strength and conditioning right. class. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And go ahead and just work out and not worry about who's playing today. Yeah. So, who's the coconut milk of college football? The coconut Ooh. milk of co- Michigan. Michigan's the oh, coconut. Michigan milk is the coconut Braylon milk of Edwards college football. Agree with you. Yeah. Well, and by the way, he spilled about a half a glass on his khakis last week too. <laughs> we saw that whole. Yeah. Our oh ball, man, Harbaugh had that whole wet spot. I swear it was coconut milk on yeah. the right side. You know he's got to have more than one pair of pleated khakis. Oh, he went through three. Pa- he went through three pair. Oh, the second half. Gosh. Yeah, three three pair of khakis in the Jake second from half. Jake from State Farm is jealous. Um, <laughs> so, guys, uh, Neil, first of all, you come in, you're sporting Portland State. Absolutely. You kind of get in Jordan's face, you know, a little bit uh, showing off a little bit the Portland State. I feel like there's a bit of uh, some tension here in the studio right now. There's no tension whatsoever. <laughs> look, at, look at this guy, how fit. I mean, <laughs> it's because I stay away from coconut milk. If, if, yeah. Jordan, if Jordan was one of my receivers or slots with the Cardinals, he'd be catching nine, ten balls a game. Oh, I appreciate buck, that. Buck 45 <laughs> easily. Guys, look, he's an athlete. J- Judah mentioned that, actually. We, he and I were talking about, uh, about this earlier in the week, and he was saying that you guys would have been one heck of a wide receiver quarterback duo. If you 
obviously were able to well, the, coincide Jordan, Harris. If Jordan was catching passes from Neil Lomax and not Kyle Bowler. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. In, in Kyle's defense, he's a, we, he's a Cal guy, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we, we were dominant guy. on scout team, Kyle Bowler See, and I, right, with yeah. St. Louis you yeah. know, at the end of that 1-15 campaign that we had with the Rams. But, no, I think any receiver would have loved to have played with a Neil Lomax. And as long as Neil had patience with me, understanding and grasping this game of football because I was so green to it as I kind of right. came out. You know, I actually, just to set this all up, Perkins, we got Neil Lomax and, and Jordan Kenton. Neil being the College Football Hall of Famer and the Portland State Hall of Famer, of course, in a near decade-long career in the NFL. Jordan, congratulations to you going into the University of Oregon Athletics oh, Hall of Fame. Thank you. Big, oh, you're big too shout to you. You, Jordan, uh, Jonathan yeah. Stewart. Golf clap, golf right. clap. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, I mean, well, thank uh, you. you and Jonathan Stewart in the same uh, Duck Athletic Hall of Fame class this past year, you were the first uh, three-sport wow. All-American since World War II at the I, University of Oregon? Yeah, I that's think that's incredible. kind of the line that they use. And it was certainly an unconventional route and one where when you go that route, you're not going to necessarily post dominant seasons in any particular sport. But I think as I look back, I was just grateful for the coaches that allowed me to do it, first of all. And then secondly, it was very difficult to do. Uh, you have to be in shape the whole season, and you have to be ready to contribute, and you're transitioning very quickly. So, you know, for me, my biggest takeaway was it was awesome to play with terrific teammates and to compete against some of the best athletes in the world. I can tell my kids that I ran against gold medalists, played against NBA All-Stars, and played against all-pro players that are now in the NFL. And to have that experience and to share that field and to be able to appreciate and respect what they do now at that level – that was the thing that I really took away from it the most. And I'll, I'll say this, congratulations, because this is not Churchill High School. This is University of Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, high school, no, really, high school yeah. is one thing to play three sports, but what he did at the collegiate level, at that quality of the – no, seriously. Well, thank I, you. I affirm that and applaud that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't that. think a lot of people understand in college, because when you play college football, it's full year. Oh, yeah. It is full mm-hmm. year now. Baseball, basketball, and what he did – very commendable. Hey, give, give me a little something for hey, that. Absolutely. I appreciate yeah. that. Buy you a little uh, almond milk venti. <laughs> yeah. <or something>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's friendship right there. Up next, we'll have to break down. I lettered in band. Hey, there so you go. we can break that <laughs> down. Hey, that's uh, difficult. Next. That's difficult other. for sure. Yeah. So, so, guys, Portland State, Oregon. Uh, obviously, some things to look for from both programs, right, in this game. Uh, Portland State. Maybe not a lot of expectation, Neil, uh, you know, in terms of the way they played week one and things like that. But kind of what are you looking at? And then, Jordan, for, from Oregon's perspective, what are you looking at, um, you know, for this game? And what do you want to see from the Vikings going down uh, and playing Oregon? Yeah, well, number one, the number one expectation is, like, are they going to wire the funds or just give a check? <laughs> or is it a, direct, be a big check, like after a golf tournament? Is like it direct deposit? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how Rob Mullins is going to go halftime and give it to Val Clary, RAD, here you go. And they kind of have a little clap and... Yeah. Will there be a running clock? Is there a running clock in college? <laughs> there might have to be second half. Yeah. Hey, this is awesome for Portland State. You know, I talked to Bruce Barnum. We'll talk about in our segment with Judah in the next hour or so. But just him and Mark Helfers got together a few years ago. And, hey, come on down. We have an opening on the, on the schedule. We do play these FCS schools. Why not Portland State? And it's usually 400000 500000 It's five seventy five. That's a huge deal. We joke about it. That's a huge deal for my boys on the park blocks. Big deal. Oh, yeah, and I think if you're Oregon, you use this as a game to tune up on the things that you can control. Limit the penalties, catch the football, go out there and execute. It's another opportunity to sort of see what these younger players can do because a lot of people will say, well, you know, it's an FCS opponent, but these are still 
grown men, the juniors and seniors on that team. And if you've got freshmen for the Ducks, you're playing against guys that are going to be stronger than you, maybe potentially faster than you. If you are that second or third string, it's a great chance for you to go out there and get quality reps and build confidence. And one thing we were talking about, Neil, with the Oregon State game against Ohio State, and let me know if this applies to Portland State, is there any value when you go and play these teams that are supposed to be kicking your tail for the most part? Is there any value to being on the field and seeing how fast, how strong, how physical, how well executed an elite team can be so you can see and experience that and then try to emulate that now that you've been on the field Yeah, absolutely. That. It's not just Saturday at game speed. When you come back Sunday for the team meeting or Monday and you watch it on film, this is the big teaching moments in high school, college, even the pros. It is film time, and you watch that speed. You watch that, that effectiveness, the, the execution factor of these athletes that are 6'6", 335, and playing left tackle. Oh, that's how you're supposed to jam and move and hinge? That's how you do it. Running backs, mm-hmm. that's how you attack the edge and make that little cut. That's how you do it. So, absolutely, I think for Portland State – and I think there's like 30% of these guys are from Oregon. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of metro area guys. What an opportunity to go play in Autzen. You know, the screaming crowd, the music, the, you know, everything about the atmosphere at Autzen Stadium is pretty cool. And I think these guys get into that because it isn't apples and apples. It is not. Let's just be honest here. This is not. So Portland State will get, there's nothing to lose, the whole kind of comments here, nothing to lose. Thanks for the check. But these guys are going to get a great, great opportunity to see what really athletes play like. House money for Portland State today. All right, that's going to do it for our show today, Jordan. It's been a lot of fun. Guess what, though? We're going to go into overtime here. We're going to hang out for one more segment. Countdown to kickoff. Judah Newby, Neil Lomax comes your way next. Thanks to Matthew Zimmer for locking down the updates today. Thanks to Rob Mosley for joining us here on the show. We'll be back with you next week, 10 a.m. for the Oregon College Football Show here on 102.9750 The Game. And welcome into Countdown to Kickoff, part of Oregon College Game Day here on 102.9750. The game coming up on the show. It's myself and Neil Lomax, College Football Hall of Famer, Portland State legend, ahead of uh, Ducks and Vikings coming up kickoff at 11 a.m. We will talk to Neil's college coach coming up in 30 minutes, Mouse Davis, calling in uh, from the road, pioneer of the Run and shoot offense. Yeah. Going to talk about the origins of that. So much more. Nick Aliotti will join us live at uh, 10 a.m. as well from the Pac-12 studios in San Francisco. Andrew Greif of the Oregonian at 10.30 as well. But first, continuing the crosstalk that we began at the end of the Oregon College Football Show a few minutes ago. Uh, Brian Perkins, Jordan Kent, the hosts of the Oregon College Football Show, joining us for another segment, uh, gentlemen. Thanks for sticking around, putting in a little overtime. This Ducks-PSU game won't go to overtime, but I appreciate you guys putting in the overtime today. Hey, our pleasure. Anytime that we can spend <laughs> a couple more minutes with two just wonderful gentlemen like yourself. Yeah, no Brian, issues Brian whatsoever. and Neil are great people. <laughs> I, guess, yeah. I guess Brian's not too bad spending yeah. more time with you. I'm also. excited for the time and a half I'm getting for this. This is great. That's right. That's right. Um, Jordan and Neil, as we get your thoughts on this game and really uh, where college football is at, where football is at, because you two represent two different uh, generations when you were playing. Neil, mm-hmm. of course, in the late 70s at PSU and, and what that was like pioneering in offense, right? Uh, coming in with Mouse Davis, which we'll talk about in about a half an hour. And Jordan, what you were a part of with Mike Bellotti there in, in 05 and 06 and those Duck teams and what they accomplished and then you going into the NFL but Jordan, you were introduced to playing competitive football 
pretty late in your athletic life, right? I mean, was it your junior year of college? That was your first time playing competitive football? Yeah, junior year of college, and I never played organized football up until that point. And I think what (laughs) blows you away is the speed when you first get started, just how fast everything happens. And every athlete can tell you about when the game finally slows down for them. And it just takes a while. You're out there thinking so much rather than reacting. And I think the faster you can get to that point where you're reacting to everything that's happening on the field, that's when you see that major improvement. And so for me, I think I just had so much respect transitioning from a fan to a player. You have a lot of respect for the line play. When it comes to football, I think that's the one thing that as a fan you underestimate the most is how valuable an offensive line is to your hopes on offense. I mean, you can't do anything without a and great line. Not quarterback. Not quarterback. When you watch the film and the breakdowns, there are so many times when for a great team, they get that extra second or two protection to buy time for the quarterback that can hit the receiver downfield on the one or two post routes you call all game, that's a game-breaking play. Whereas the teams that struggle, you know, maybe it's your backup guard that gets beat on a blitz, quarterback gets sacked, and you miss your chance for a home run play to get yourself back in the game. It's those little things that we oftentimes don't see as a fan that we don't appreciate, and that's really where I think you see a lot of teams separate themselves, and I think that's why when you see in Alabama why they're so good is I like to say they're very good at the unsexy positions. I mean, how many years are they churning out just first-round picks at offensive line, a linebacker, defensive line? It's unbelievable. So for me, that was the greatest experience I had coming from a fan to a player is that appreciation for the offensive line and just all the intricacies that take place there. And, Neil, we were talking about one of the Duck offensive linemen, Panay Sewell. As a true freshman, first true freshman for the Ducks to start game one on the offensive line since 1997 at left tackle, no less, the blind side. So when you hear Jordan talking about the importance of the offensive line from his experience, I'm sure you can, uh, you know, amplify the importance of that. No, he's preaching. Uh, Keep preaching it. No, no, quite. That's the foundation of the team. And not just the passing game, but the running game. He's right about Alabama has an average of seven and a half players every year get drafted in the NFL. Seven and a half players. Average school is two, 1.5 to 2, wow. average uh, NCAA teams. So you're right, and most of those are the defensive ends, defensive tackles, offensive guards. Once in a while they throw in a good receiver, running back here and there. But uh, and it's not just Sewell. You know, I look at that offensive line. Uh, I love Throck- Throckmorton on the mm-hmm. right-hand side. Um, Jake Hansen, Sean Lemieux, uh, all the guys, uh, Warmack. Uh, but, you know, Panay gets all – because he gets all the kind of – the sexy stuff in the media because he is a true freshman. Yep. And that's the first time they've had a true freshman, true freshman, not a redshirt, start at left tackle or offensive line for 20 or 30 years, I understand, down in Oregon. So that is the foundation. And, again, we talk about the passing game, which is true, the extended plays, the offensive line, but the running game. Mm-hmm. You can maintain a running game. We've talked about, I'll just throw this out right When Chip Kelly was there, people forget about this. For five years, they were top six in the nation in rushing. Mm-hmm. Top six for five years. People say, oh, Marcus Mariota, and had this, you had that. No, they rushed the ball so effectively. That's what's made them so such a fun team to watch. And it's such a good point. I think if you had to pick one position on offense that the average fan pays the least amount of attention to, I think you would say it's the guard. Hmm. Left and right guard on the offensive line. I mean, you look at the center and the snap, you look at your left and right tackles for protecting the quarterback and whatnot, but if you can at any point during this game, if you're watching it, Pay attention to the guards and just see what they're doing on their blocks during run plays because 
they're the ones that are usually paving most of the roadway for the running backs. And we heard Mario Cristobal say that they want to keep the tempo going, but they want to be more in between the tackles with their running game this year. And it starts with those interior linemen as far as what they can do to open things up. And I know it's not as exciting as watching Justin Herbert drop back and throw a 40-yard dart down the field, but when you get into those close possession games Mm -hmm. here, Neil, it's all about how disciplined can your line be? Can they handle their assignments? Because if all five guys can get on their blocks or any running play, that's when teams really start to just hammer it and run the ball down your throat. Yeah, the guards will take you to play 78% of the time. The left and right guards will take you play side. Unfortunately, the only time you hear about the center of the guards is... Holding number 68, <laughs> Shane Lemieux. You know, oh, God, Shane Lemieux. Oh, crap. That's the only time they mention my name. I get a holding call. So give Shane Lemieux and those guys a little break. They're doing more than and, and a lot of times. Thank God he's holding yeah. if I'm the quarterback. No, great job. <laughs> Grab that guy because that dude was going to rock my head. So please, in and de- when in doubt, hold him. Yep. Ten, ten yards is a lot less painful than... <laughs> Your quarterback yeah. taking a big Justin time shot. Justin Herbert is happy once in a while. Yeah. There's a holding call. You can make that up easily. <laughs> 55, Jake Hansen holding. Sorry. Sorry, Jake. You made it. When you step into an NFL training camp or an NFL locker room for the first time, uh, Jordan, you come in as a six-round pick of the Seattle Seahawks after playing a couple years at the University of Oregon. You're stepping into a, a team with a litany of pro bowlers like Matt Hasselbeck, Big Walt Jones. Sean Alexander, Sean Alexander, just two guy. years removed from, from Alabama, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Was, uh, I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't starstruck. Right. I think the first yeah. day you walked in and you saw your name up on a temporary locker, and they had like the nicer lockers. We had the like wheeling ones where they're like, ah, we don't know if you're going to make the team. Yet so wait, was not. your so, name on tape? Or uh, no, no. I, I had like a little. Because my name was on tape when I first got there, which is <laughs> not, a, not a good sign when it's on the athletic yeah. tape. No, mine was on a plastic printed out thing, but there was Velcro on oh, the back, so okay. it was very easily okay. removable. Okay. But I, I think the, the NFL level, the briefest way that I can say it is people don't realize how much accountability there is. I tell people, imagine working and everything you do during the day is filmed, recorded, graded, and rewatched by all of your work peers day after day. And if you have a bad day or too many bad days in a row, there are hundreds of people just as qualified as you are to step into your position to take your job. That's how I would describe being on the fringe of an NFL roster, where day after day, it's just survival of the fittest. It's not like college where you know you have a scholarship for four years, so you can kind of deal with growing pains. It's You're seeing grown men get pink slips if they have two false starts in a preseason game or receivers that too many wrong assignments, they're gone the next week. And so I think getting over that hurdle and being able to play with a lot of confidence and freedom while acknowledging that reality is the biggest mental hurdle to get over when you get into the NFL. And Neil, when you're working with young receivers entering an NFL locker room for the first time, going back to your days with the St. Louis and Phoenix Cardinals. What was that like when you're trying to work with young guys coming right out of college and you know their careers are on the line trying to make some of these rosters and yet you don't have the on-field chemistry that you develop with you know, a, a Roy Green yeah. later on and, and, and what have you. But when you get young pass catchers in there, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on them to perform. You're the one delivering them the football in fall camp. Yeah, and they're, they're affecting my career, like what Jordan's talking about. I, I only can control those intangibles or things that I can't control, like being on time, you know, what, 6 a.m. meeting? No, 5.30. Yes. I'm, I'm getting my butt there at 5.30. That's what I learned. As a matter of fact, 5 o'clock, so I'm going to go in the weight room a little bit to show them I do care. Who's this kid getting there at 5 a.m.? 
That's the little things that I can control. I can't control those receivers dropping the balls. I can control some of the linemen things by buying them nice clothes, buying them nice food credit. I'm going to do everything I can because those boys up front, they're going to make sure I might stay on that team. What were early kickoffs like when you were playing? I mean, we yeah. got an 11 a.m. kickoff for Ducks Portland State. Jordan, I know you played against Portland State for a game in your mm-hmm. career. Uh, that uh, you know, one of the previous four all-time matchups between these two programs. And Neil, you of course played all those early kickoffs mm-hmm. at the NFL level as well. Is it difficult to get your body up for a game like this this early? I would say 11 a.m. is a little tricky. You can talk about having early fall camp practices and doing Oklahoma drill at 9 a.m., but. 11 a.m. is still very early. You're still kind of getting going for the most part. That's why I was a I was a real fan of kind of the 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. time slot for a kickoff. Anything later than that, you feel like you're sitting around all day and you're just eating and sitting and watching movies and you get a little restless. I think 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. you still get to sleep in a little bit, but then hey, you get to the stadium and then you can get things rolling. And you know, I'll let Neil speak for himself, but. In the NFL, we've talked about it before, West Coast teams that fly to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. We started the year off against Buffalo, 1 p.m. kickoff East Coast time. It's 10 a.m. for our bodies, even though we were there a day in advance, and we were very sluggish out the gate. And there's proof and data that shows that those West Coast teams struggle with those 1 p.m. kickoffs on the East Coast. Yeah, so you have – he's right. So you have 11 o'clock kick today. But, you see, so you have a pregame meal. You know, there's probably a walkthrough, 7 a.m., pregame meal maybe at 7.30 – there's a chapel service or taping, and then individual meetings, offensive team meetings, defensive team meetings, then get to the locker room by 9. So this is starts at 6.30, 7 o'clock. But if I had my brother, I'd rather do the 11 o'clock, and I only played in a few of them. The Monday night games were killers. Mm. <laughs> I mean, 8 o'clock kickoff time against the Redskins, you're up at 8, you had breakfast, I can't take a nap, do I go to the mall, do I do this, another meeting? I mean, I don't know how many you played in. I, I no, played we had a couple. Before. It was... Those are the worst. But you're on Monday Night TV, so don't mess that up. Right. <laughs> I mean, Lomax, come on, man. Lomax, can you play for us? Uh, so that was kind of fun to play Monday Night and, and those games. But still, that time to lay around was the worst. Well, the other thing is, especially if it's a road game, traveling back, we had a, I think it was a 7 p.m. kickoff at Tampa Bay. Wow. So that game gets over 11 o'clock. You're finally on the plane at 12.30, and then you have a six-and-a-half-hour yeah. flight from Tampa back to Seattle. You get home at 4 a.m., and then you're wrecked for the next day. And That's so killer. Those are brutal. I, I am oh, a fan. Oh, quit your whining. It's a charter flight. <laughs> God dang, he's charter flight. He's got his – when they play, they, we're, we're, we're busting at the St. Louis Cardinals back to freaking St. Louis. So I don't want to hear about this bitching about going back. Can I say that, by the way? I yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, you know, you can. No, Jordan, let me start with that. Well, we, we had the bus back to St. Louis after we played Tampa Bay. Uphill both ways. I mean, we had the Bidwells. Hey, hey, we didn't have it easy. The Hagen dazs that we ate on the plane was sometimes a little too frozen. You had to wait a couple minutes for it to defrost. So don't tell me we had it easy. Oh, I gotta love it. Hagen dazs paying you? No, <laughs> they should. They should. Wait, they so should. a logo no. on your sleeve with Hagen? No, no. I'm <laughs> with, he's got a NASCAR got shirt going. He's got more logos on his shirt here. than a yeah. NASCAR. Yeah. All right, guys, we got to wrap it up. But let's get a prediction on this game, right? Can we get one? Can we, we get that? Can we get a first? Did the prediction again? Are they going to wire the money? Are there going to be a check? Is it cash? Armored truck? How are we? That's my prediction. How are they going to get the money? How about a friendly? Actually, come on. This is. 
This is what Oregon's doing the first three games. We're going to play fast, find out what, who we're about. I think it's a great time to put in Braxton Burmeister again. I want to see Shuck play. Yeah. Tyler, mm-hmm. I want to see him play. This new redshirt rule, Jordan, yeah. it's four preseason it's games. Dude, it's really four like it. preseason games. Yep. You don't have to cut anybody. No. Awesome for these colleges. So, play. Yeah, come on, if Oregon has to put 65-70, and that's with Tyler and, and Burmeister playing the second half. What about you? Yeah, I think I've got Oregon about 65-17 in this mm-hmm. one. I think the defense really shows out. They do a better job tackling. They're not going to spot Portland State 10 points like they did with Bowling Green. I think whether it's Shuck or Burmeister, you've got such a stable of running backs that are yeah. talented yeah. that will be playing exactly. in the second half that I think they're going to be the ones that steal the show in the second half, to be honest. I think Herbert rolls in the first half in this one. Loser shows up in their team's mascot next week. How about if well, we, 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 talked, we talked about this at the end of our show? You uh, give, okay, you give me seventy. Yeah, you get George. Yeah. Give me seventy. Okay. How about this? If the, if, okay, we'll go. If, 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 the duck, if the ducks don't score sixty-five, I'll have coconut milk in there my coffee. No stevia. I don't right. want that. But, sti- over, but over sixty-five, you got to go with the almond milk here. Sixty-five. I'm on my knees for seventy. I need five more points. <laughs> I need five more. I'll give you sixty-seven, 67 and a half. How this about is, that? This is what, we're on radio. We're talking about this. Over this under is sixty-seven, 67 and, a half. and a half. Sixty-seven point five. That's a lot yeah. of points. I think they've only is that a radio station. What, what station are we on? Seven fifty. Oh, 60, okay. <laughs> oh All right. All right. I'll take it. I'll give you free golf lessons. All right. Sounds oh. good. Right. I need that. Absolutely. I, I know. I've seen you play. Free. <laughs> I might need Boom. to make a bet with you if we can get free golf Boom. lessons out of it. Right. All right. That's Brian Perkins next week. Brian and Jordan Kent host the Oregon College Football Show. Next week it will be at 10 a.m. Guys, uh, thanks so much for joining. Hey, and he's uh, a lot of fun. And Neil Lomax. Great We're segment back there, Brian. Yeah, way to go, Brian. <laughs> you know, I really Pitch brought a lot of insight to the table. <laughs> but, but, but he let, hey, let her in band, though. So yes, he, that's right. yeah, he Look, listens give very well. That's Look, right. you need to know about trumpet. I'm your man. Yeah. Hey, Seahawks get a win in Denver Sunday? <sighs> I'm going to go no, actually. Oh, man. Make yeah, me, make, I'm in a bad mood. Now. Yeah, I just, hey, I just think Freeman, altitude. Roy Freeman's gonna get some touches. Right. I, listen, I, it's so hard for me to call NFL games. Uh, it's yeah. uh, it feels like every single week it's a coin yeah, flip for the most part. But no, I, I will put it this way: I think Seattle's gonna do better than people think this year. I think they've got a much more talent on that roster than people think, especially with the new young. He's guys. throwing us a bone, Judah. Yeah. he's making us feel better about the yeah. Seahawks. I'll take what I can get when the national media is trying to take us down. I'll tell you that, Sports Illustrated. What what is with that, man? I can't He's believe still that. salty. I'm very salty. It's going to be a great show. We got Mouse Davis coming up at 9:30. Mick Aliotti at 10, and uh, Andrew Gray for the Oregonian for final time. By the way, Andrew's last game. Yeah, covering the Ducks for the O before he goes covers the Clip Show, the Steve Ballmer uh, show down in Los Angeles. Hmm. Ryan Perkins, Jordan Kent, guys, sincerely thank you. Always Hopefully, a pleasure. this is the first of many that we do this. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. 20 minutes. I, I, I see this. All right, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah. We'll be back. Meters Mark Jan down to kick off part of Oregon College Game Day. Coming up on the game.